Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Uh, Joe George telling us during the break, this is, what did you say? This is the most elite burger I've ever had. Oh, yeah. J-Bar-M dropped off a half-pound smoked brisket burger. I love smokiness. So good. Yeah, the char 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 grilled and smoked is is elite. Yeah, fantastic. Cold smoke to give it the smoke flavor. It's ground in house using their brisket trimmings. You got to go try it. You got to go try it at J Bar M, uh, best barbecue in Houston. Recently named the Texas Monthly's top twenty five list. Smoky brisket, ribs, juicy chicken, homemade sausages, handmade uh, pulled pork, and then. These ground are uh, these half pound smoked brisket burger. It's fantastic. J Bar M Edo twenty two zero one Leland. Thanks to uh, thanks for bringing us some some lunch today on the anniversary of the Killer Bees. A battery Chuck saying uh, why is Branham dressed up? Um, I'm going over to there's a football. I don't I don't I think it's like the Touchdown Club or something. Andre Ware is being honored for oh, something. Yeah, I saw that. Did you? I saw and I've heard about the fact that he's the the honoree this year. He's the, he's being he's an honoree. I think it's the Touchdown Club. And my good friend Ted Pardee invited me to go. So that's why I'm dressed up today. And people that are listening on the radio said, I don't even know that you were dressed up. Well, yeah, I am. I'm a little dressed up today. Joe said it's the first time he's seen me without a hat. Which which is like how little Joe pays attention. I know. I don't. I, mean, I followed up with a besides your wedding. Besides your wedding. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Which was even a weaker take when since you've been on this show, every time he has a U of H game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not wearing I something don't. on his dome piece. I got a dumb brain. Yeah, it's ridiculous. King of Twitch says free Andre Ware. I think I think Andre no. Ware did pop up in our Twitch, and yeah. he's been banned. I banned Andre Ware. What did he do? Because you're a Notre so Dame an, fan, isn't it? So and you still have Andre Ware and dropping f bombs. I'm not going to let that stand. How are you so sure he's impersonating him? I'm pretty confident. Pretty confident. <laughs> he's good. He's very very good. Andre. Andre's a good dude. Andre's a really oh, good oh Poncho. Don't be telling me to free someone. I just freed you today, buddy. Oh wow. Dang, Joe's a banner. Uh, who, I'm an unbanner. Jose Altuve got hit in the knee, or the shin, actually. Uh, first pitch of the game. Was it the first pitch? One of the first two pitches of the, the game. It was, the, it was the first at bat of the game. He, he pounded the baseball off of Johnny Cueto off the upper part of his shin just below the knee. He, he stayed in the game, and he legged out an infield single, ironically. Uh, stayed in the game the rest of the half inning to run, and then left the game in the bottom half. Dubon came on. Altuve... Didn't meet with the media, but I think he walked by the media, the reports and tweets of this, and the media was like, hey, how you doing, Jose? And he's like, fine. Uh, Dana Brown, D. Brown, as we as we call him, because we're on a last-name basis with D. Brown. The Dunker? Yeah, the Dunker. D. Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, good pull. Um, I, that was a cool dunk. But anyways, he was on the flagship. He said, yeah, look, Altuve probably could play, might play today. I imagine that Dusty will give him the day off today, well, and then there's an close, off day tomorrow. He's also kind of close to a milestone that they want him to get at home. Yeah, what is he, three hits Two, now? He's, yeah, because of the infield thing. he needed four. Yeah, he's three hits away from 2,000 hits. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's any chance he's in the lineup today in Miami. And, be, and, and Dusty's rule is what? Whenever they're healthy again, we give them an extra day. Healthy and hot, and he's been scorching before the ball off the knee. You sit him down. And Dusty can give them two days because they're off tomorrow. So it's an, it's an obvious day off for Jose Altuve, I think. But I don't think – I think that he's in the lineup on Friday per se. But if Altuve were to miss – a chunk of time here. And look, he's had four different injuries this year. He's had the oblique twice. He's had the thumb. And what was the other one? He missed some time with like a hamish. I don't remember. There was a fourth one that didn't force him on the oh, IL, but oblique. he had two obliques. He had two another obliques, one too. And he had something with, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it, was it a leg? I think so. 
There was a fourth one. I can't remember off the top of my head. He came up lame or sliding or something like that. And, I can't remember. And they gave him a couple days. Anyways, if he misses a period of time, we don't think he will. Who's your leadoff hitter for the Astros? If Altuve misses a period of time, we don't think he will. Kyle Tucker. I would love to see that. Kyle Tucker, because it shouldn't be Alex Bregman, because he's still trying to figure things out. Yeah, he's Kyle not Tucker's having a great is, Altuve's been red hot. The only guy that mirrors that in terms of how red hot he's, he, he has been and the damage he's done is Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker, I, I, as much as I've been against it when Altuve is healthy, right now and because of this point in the season and what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to catch, Kyle Tucker can bat leadoff. Well, how come you've been against it? Because Why do you have against Kyle Tucker in the leadoff? It's not against Kyle Tucker as much as I just have always been adamant that Altuve is the perfect leadoff hitter in today's game and also from yesteryear's. He doesn't steal bases like yesteryear's leadoff hitter, but he does kind of the Springer-esque things where he's got enough pop in his bat that he can get you leadoff bombs, that he can hit for power, but he still gets on base, hits for average, and, and he can make things happening setting the table too. And, and I just, I've always felt like when healthy, the best spot for him at this point in his career is to be leadoff. Yeah, I don't, I actually don't think that Altuve is like a prototypical traditional leadoff guy. I think he's better no, he, suited he's to He's not like three. a center fielder, base stealer, but. Well, he, I mean, he still has bases. I'm not, that's not the point that, like, for me, leadoff guys are more, they walk a lot and they see a lot of pitches. And, and Jose Altuve doesn't do any of those things. Jose Altuve walks more now than he did early in his career, but he still swings it a lot. He's super aggressive. A lot of lead, like prototypical leadoff guys, they see a lot of pitches. They, they don't strike out a whole lot. They don't swing a whole lot. I think, Kyle, I think like if, if you're looking for one player on this team that's closest to George Springer, I actually think it's Kyle Tucker because Tucker's going to hit for a bit of average. He's going to walk a lot. Now, Tucker's not going to strike out as much as George Springer. Uh, Tucker's better at touching the baseball and Tucker's also your best base dealer like yeah. Tucker Tucker's your best base dealer on this baseball team so I think Tucker's actually more Springer than Altuve and I think Kyle Tucker might be more modern day traditional leadoff than Jose Altuve now I have no problem with Tucker in the middle of the lineup because he's second in the league in RBIs like put him anywhere in the lineup and Kyle Tucker's gonna have success could he do it yes is he better suited with his pop and everything you said to have Altuve and Bregman or other guys get on base and then he and Jordan clean it up I think that's a better spot for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I don't really have a pushback there. I think Kyle Tucker's really good no matter where he's at in the lineup. I think he's really good if he's a leadoff man. I think he's really good in the two hole. I think he's really good in the three hole. I think he's really good if you have to clean him up. It's a crime that he was batting fifth so much, but he's really good in the fifth spot too. Kyle Tucker's just a good baseball player and is gonna be a fit wherever he's at in the batting order. Now there's always the What's Dusty going to do versus what you would do? Like, Dusty's just going to put Dubonnet leadoff. Like, it's it's probably a little bit of malpractice as a manager to do that, but we know that Dusty likes his players to get comfortable in certain spots in the lineup. He's been tinkering a little bit lately, so I think that Dusty would just go Dubon at the top of the he order, will. which is a mistake. Last night, it was just a matter of circumstance because Altuve got hurt, and so Dubon filling in for him goes there. But he's going to do it tonight. There's no question about it. We've talked about it ever since Dusty took the helm. If you're filling in for player X and player X bats in, the, in this that's where you're going. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to do. Now, what I would do, look, Bonjo says don't don't lead off a buzzkill. I think Alex Bregman's a, a good leadoff man and like traditional leadoff man minus the speed. He sees tons of pitches, which is something you want from your leadoff spot. He walks a ton, which is something you want out of your leadoff spot. He makes tremendous contact, which is something that you want off uh, out of your leadoff spot. And you know what else Bregman's been doing a whole lot of this year that he can't do a whole lot if he's leading things off because he won't have as much of a chance? Hit into double plays. Alex Bregman, I think, leads the team in double plays. So if you're leading off with Alex Bregman, well, now you have the bottom of the order hitting in front of you. Less likely they're on base. You're at least leading off one inning where there can't be anybody on base. 
I think Bregman would be the fit there. I'm cool with Tucker being the fit there. Dusty's going to go with Mauricio Dubon, and that's more yep. than likely a mistake. He is. And I think that as you get healthier and you have more options because you have more talent in your lineup, these are discussions that are worth having and worth looking at, and everybody is absolutely warranted in doing so, and it doesn't matter a, a single cent because Dusty's going to do what Dusty's going to yeah, do. Yeah, but that would be boring radio for us. Like, well, Dusty's oh, I know. That's why I said it's worth. I said it's absolutely warranted and worthy yeah. conversation. And, and if you were talking to any other manager in baseball, especially more modern-day manager, you're going to talk about creativity and, and doing things like we've seen when Aaron Judge batted leadoff for the Yankees, when Otani bats very high in the lineup, when they take their best bats and shove them as high in the lineup as they can and stack the top half. They could do that too. Dusty won't do it. Here's the uh, – Chas McCormick was in the leadoff spot a little bit before he got he injured was. the he was first really time. He really good at it for a short period of time. He doesn't – He like it's not a terrible option. It's way better than Rishu Dubon. I, I kind of like Tucker – or I'm sorry, Chas more in the five, six spots because he hits the power. Like there's times whenever he goes through it a little bit where he's not hitting for a tremendous amount of average. Did you see the oppo numbers? He's, he's unbelievable opposite field. I mean, it's just his approach. I, you're right because his, even his stance and the way he lines his mm-hmm. feet – but it's just crazy that, that his name gets thrown in with some of the better names in baseball for opposite field home runs this year. Ocho, yeah, he's, he's got tremendous opposite field power. I think that his development's actually been his pool. Like he's it hitting has. some pool home yeah. runs, which is nice to see. Um, we saw Chaz there. Chaz isn't the worst option. He's better than Dubon. I kind of like him in the middle of the order, five, six, really six, because I mean, Yiner should be Yiner, in fifth. Yep. Um, some people on the Twitch are saying Jeremy Pena. No. They're saying because he would see less sliders. I get the logic, but Pena just doesn't get on base enough. Plus, he hits into a lot of double plays, too. It might just be my eyes deceiving me, but it seems like I see him hitting into a lot of double plays as well. And he's not... But you're going to ground into less double plays leading off, though. Yeah, but okay. But he's also not hitting for average, and he's not hitting with the power, and he is trying to find it all right now, and he's better suited down at the bottom of the lineup than he is right now leading off. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I rather have Pena the bottom three than, than leading off. They're, I mean, I understand that Pena would get better pitches to hit in the leadoff spot. Jeremy Pena is getting on base more this year than he was last year, so it's not as egregious. Like, he's getting on base 31% of the time. That's not terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. His Certainly you don't want it in your leadoff good. spot. And he's been, swing, he's, been, he's been getting on base at a, at a much higher games. rate the last yeah. couple of weeks. All right, let's say it's 10 days. Let's go. Which, the, which I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be. So let's combine I think it's gonna our, be two days. our combined scenario, though, for a second here. Ten days, Michael Brantley back on Friday. Michael Brantley in the leadoff. No. No. And still on two gets back. No. no. Get on base. Bregman gets no. on base more Get than Brantley. playing Major League Baseball first. So, I don't care. Just put him in the leadoff nope. spot. I am interested, though, if Brantley comes back. And I think batting order is overrated. But when Brantley comes back, and I don't think he's going to be in the lineup every day. But Six when Brantley seven. comes back, where's he hitting? Six or seven. I think Dusty's married to the idea of Brantley in the two spot, I no think, matter what. Again, were, oh. Dusty's going to Dusty, and I don't disagree with what you just said. But where should he hit? Six or seven. He's going to. You know what he's going to do? He's going to space out the lefties a little bit. He's going to go out two of eight. Brantley, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker. Tucker's going to be back in the five hole. Yeah, the and, first and time that Brantley gets a start. The MVP of the American League without Shohei Otani is going to get less at bat statistically than everyone else on. But in Dusty's going to Dusty. Papa's belly, baby. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea, Dusty. I know it's okay, coming, but, but, but I'm going to be so said, pissed. You can see it happening, can't you? Oh, it's going to happen. Absolutely. I but- think that, yeah. Honestly, I think that Brantley should hit after Yiner and Chaz. Like, if you're going to go our four top four, Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, whatever order you're using them, Yiner and Chaz should be some combination of five, six. Brantley slots in seventh. You could protect. Yeah, six or seven is where I see him hitting. You know, you could protect Yiner since he struggles against lefties. 
and put them between a bunch of righties. Yeah, you'd have to go. Ooh, it's difficult to do though. After I guess that Jordan is the, Tucker. Yeah, because now you would have to go like Chaz. You have to bat like Brantley ninth because you have yeah. to go like Chaz, Yiner, Pena. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, and then Brantley would be eight I mean, nine. Brantley in the nine hole would be interesting. It's not a, I don't hate it. Turn the lineup over. Yeah, for turn Altuve. it over and set the table a little bit. Especially like in his first few games back. Like, okay, well, what Brantley you get? Like, what Brantley you get? So, I don't know if Brantley deserves a merited status to be in the two hole. Whenever you have four guys that need to be batting in the top four spots in this lineup, and you have no idea what Michael Brantley is going to get you, yeah, you got to wait and see. Like if you're going to make that move back to the two hole, take some time. Yeah, ease them back in. Like let's yeah, see what he, it looks like first. If he turns the lineup over for S Tui and the rest of the lineup, oh, that'd be great. That'd be really nice. Who's S Tui? Altuve. Oh, they Altuve. Tui. So, so he's. I super, thought you said S Tui. I did. So he's super Tuve. <laughs> I threw so, me for I mean, a because loop. we use S Tui. I got you. I, I mean, look, he doesn't run the bases that great. So Altuve. His base running IQ is low as to it. Uh, Completely agree. A terrible base runner. It's baffling. How like player, Alex Bregman, super slow, good base runner. It's just baffling Bregman's how... Bregman's icing doesn't run the bases uh, very well either. He's yeah, but Altuve slow. gets thrown out on just like yeah. bad decisions. At least Brantley's not aggressive. I like Brantley's not a good speed guy, but he's not aggressive. Yeah, Altuve's speedy, but he's just aggressive. Like I saw him, Too aggressive. How is a player that great, that bad, but running the bases Because he's, he's trying to make something happen, and he has a false sense of... Yeah. I mean, confidence. he's fast. He's just super aggressive. Probably. Probably is a How false sense of confidence. does he make the space after he does it, knowing he shouldn't have done it? I don't know. It happens a and lot. To be honest, at this point in his career, like, I could... I could I could use less of Jose Altuve being aggressive on the bases. Like, if he's getting hurt because he's aggressive on the bases, that's a sacrifice that I'm willing or to make. He's running Get conservative you out of so you're not being hurt, not getting hurt. But like a game last night, you can't afford with where this team's at and, and when they're in the, a lot of these games, you can't afford to have Altuve make a base running mistake. And get hurt. So maybe, you know, turn, push the, uh, turn on the brakes a little bit more, Jose. But get back in the lineup, too. Jose's in the lineup? Jose Altuve is batting leadoff tonight. Oh, wow. All right. We'll talk a little bit about that on the other side. 713-78. I can't believe he's playing. 713-780-3776. We'll take a look at that. Also on the other side, Dalvin Cook is a Jet. Ezekiel Elliott is a Patriot. Should the Texans have been on the in the mix for some of these veteran running backs, or should they be in the mix for some of these veteran running backs that are still out there? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Uh, Astro's lineup is out. What is wrong with Dusty's lineup? 713-780-3776. Guess who's getting the day off today? Because it's not. I hate this game. It is not Jose Altuve, as we know. Yes. As we know now. Who's getting Mm. the day off? Uh, well, I mean, if you go by the theory of all theories with Dusty, it should be Tucker, but I hope the hell it's not. No, Tucker's playing. Okay. Jordan playing? Mm-hmm. Good. That, that Those are main concerns of mine. Um, is it John Singleton? Singleton's in the lineup. Okay. <laughs> Chaz. No, Chaz is there. Chaz is in uh, left field today. Who's pitching tonight? Justin Verlander. Well, then Maldi's in the lineup. Maldi's in the lineup. Pena? Pena's there. Then I'm done. I'm not doing Yiner. Well, Why did you not say Yiner? Because Yiner's not really a starter. Yeah, but you... He you're... should be, but he's not. And you know that with Verlander <laughs> on the mound, he won't be. And with, So, 
Okay. I mean, could I mean, could have he could have like DH or whatever. You want to play left, but uh, there is a lefty on the mound for the Marlins, so it probably played into this. Uh, Verlander on the mound tonight for the Astros, seven and six, three nineteen ERA. Jesus Lazardo on the mound for the Marlins, eight and seven, three ninety one ERA. I think that's right. Yeah. Lefty too, yeah. so it probably factored into. I don't know if it factored in a whole lot. Who's playing center decision. field? Who do you think? Verlander's pitching. I know. Is it the personal center fielder? Yeah. Unreal. Verlander not only gets a personal catcher, so but he gets a personal center fielder, too. Yeah, Dubon's in center. We so, can joke about it all we want, but that is crazy that he gets that done. It's weird. It's weird. Like, Myers, Myers is a better, much better center fielder, I'm, and he's bet, he's well, Dubon's pretty good against lefties, too. But Dubon's just defensively not alone, there are better defensive center fielders on the roster than his it's, personal. That's crazy. To me. It's funny. It is funny that he has a personal center fielder. Uh, but the Astros are rolling with Altuve, which is good to see. I'm shocked he's in the lineup. I thought for sure that Dusty would give him two days because they have an off day tomorrow. But Altuve's in the lineup at second, Bregman at third, Tucker in right, middle three, Jordan the DH, Chaz in left, Singleton at first, and then the bottom three, Pena at short, personal center fielder Dubon in center, and then personal catcher Martin Maldonado. Catching. So that's the Astros nine. Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Jordan, Chaz, Singleton, Pena, Dubon, Maldonado. I'm not over, you know, I'm not going to lo- flip my lid when Yiner's not in the lineup against the lefty. So I'm, I'm cool with this lineup. I don't I don't see much wrong yeah, with this lineup. with this. Not bad. The Dubon playing in center's weird, but, I mean, Dubon's also pretty good against lefties. You're trading a little bit of defense. Dubon's pretty good against left-handed pitching. Now, Myers is also really good against left-handed pitching, though. It's, it's weird that Dubon's the personal center fielder, but... I'm not going to say anything negatively about this lineup. I think it's a fun lineup. I think it's a fine lineup, and it's a game that the Astros should win. You have Verlander on the mound against the Lazardo. You should win that game, and it's an, it's an important game because it's the rubber game of the series. You'd like to have a winning road series against the Marlins, especially after dropping the first game of the series. Yeah, look, I, I think you get a chance to win another series, regardless of how hot the Rangers are and everything that they're doing, but you know you got to win, and you know that there's a, a, an extra level of importance to every game going on the stretch. Win the series. You know, you do so, just put out a good offensive lineup. You got a good pitcher on the mound. Do what you're supposed to do. Handle your business. You control your own destiny if you just do what you have to do. We'll worry about the Rangers later. We'll worry about the Rangers when we play them and other things. But handle your business, and everything will work out in the end. I, I, I like the lineup. I like Verlander. I fully expect them to come back to Houston winning this series. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. A lot of people not too pleased with the personal center fielder in Mauricio Dubon, but maybe he'll get a big hit. We'll see. Uh, some veteran running backs have signed in free agency. Dalvin Cook is a Jet. Ezekiel Elliott is a Patriot. Well, he got overpaid. How much did he get? Like five and a half? Six. Yeah, I guess that they just had the money to spend. I mean, whatever. Um, should the Texans have been involved with some of these veteran running backs? And look, there's still some veteran running backs that are out there. Kareem Hunt's still out there. Leonard Fournette is still out there. Should the Texans be in the mix for that duo? I don't think so. I, I mean, look, if you want to concentrate on winning as much as we think they have to now, and D'Amico says they're going to, Kareem Hunt, is, is I think, still has plenty left in the tank where he could be a good fit, but I don't think they need him. I think the fact that you've got two running backs, you went out and got a veteran pass-catching kind of third-down type back that can complement, you know, Pierce. I don't think they need to spend their, their extra money right now on another running back. I think there are plenty of teams that could, should, uh, and did for the most part. Um, Saints keep dealing with injuries. Kamara's uh, going to be out three games. Um, Cook was supposed to go there after he went to the Jets. Uh, but the Jets, I think, just added another talented running back, a great insurance policy, and they're loading up. Uh, so good, good on them for signing him. 
and I think he is worth the eight or eight six or whatever he got. But the rest of the guys, I don't think it's worth taking a flyer on. It makes sense too for the Jets because I think that they want to take it easy on Brees Hall early, absolutely early, coming yep. off the uh, the injury, so they want to take it easy on him. I think he'll, Brees Hall will be ready to go. But I believe that they want Dalvin Cook to be the bell cow early and then kind of transition to Brees Hall taking over, depending on production, things like that. You don't need Brees Hall in the first three weeks of the season. But if you have aspirations of going deep into the playoffs, you need Brees Hall late in the year. Yeah, and I mean, I think Brees is going to play, but it's probably where they want to ramp up his touches, where it's like 7 to 10 touches week 1, 10 touches week 2, 10 to 12 week 3, and then gradually getting those touches up. And now you can be patient with it because you have Dalvin Cook that is still a very productive running back in the NFL. Dalvin's way more productive than Zeke. The Zeke thing is interesting to me because, look, Ramondre Stevenson is a really yeah. good football player. Um, a lot of people are concerned that Ezekiel Elliott's going to be like the goal line back and vulture a lot of Stevenson's fantasy production. I, I Look, I think Elliott's fine as like a you know, backup, third-string running back. If they're giving Ezekiel Elliott significant touches over Stevenson, I, I'm baffled by that. But it would be what we said. Look, the only value that we said Zeke really had anymore was goal line trying to score. So it would be very Belichicky to just bring in a guy that is like your guarantee or your your go to, you know, goal line running back guy. It would suck for Stevenson, but it wouldn't surprise me because it's Belichick. I just think they overpaid for him. They didn't right. need him per se, anyways. But to give him six million. That I think that's that's a gross overpay. Fourth and one, you're down by five points. Super Bowl with two seconds to play. You're at the one yard line. I don't give you it giving to, it to Stevenson or Elliott. I would give it to Stevenson. Me too, no doubt about it. So like I, I I'm very curious if they use Zeke, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott as their goal linebacker, if he's just kind of a you know change. He's kind of really a change of pace. Like his only role is to really be a goal line back. But I wonder if he's just kind of buried in the depth chart versus carving out a significant sleeker, role. Though. For the Texans, in terms of like the veteran running back got a market, what's that? He's sleeker because he got a haircut. Zeke did? Zeke cut it all I down. Know, I did not know that. Yeah. I had no idea. I think the Texans could upgrade at the third running back spot, but Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette are not going to be interested in being the third running back. I wouldn't sign Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette to be the RB2. behind. Like I want Singletary to be the RB2, quite frankly. I want to I see what he looks like behind Damian Pierce. I'd rather Singleton get touches and carries and catches on this team then Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. If one of those guys were interested in being the third string running back, I don't think that they are. Yeah, I, I would. I would kick the tires on that to upgrade from Mike Boone. But you think about it too, and, and you think about the guys we're talking about. Lenny quit on his team in Jacksonville when they weren't winning. and He wasn't getting the touches he wanted. You don't need that kind of attitude in your locker room with a first year, first time head coach, uh, and everything that they're trying to do to kind of reset culture and 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 get this team going the right direction. So for that reason, he's out. Yeah. Kareem Hunt's got a checkered pass. The Texans in the past have been very anti that. And I think that there are other guys that you can find that can fill the third running, especially the third running back I think back it'll role. be Boone. I think it'll be Mike yeah, Boone. Yeah, because I, I, I think that Hunt is looking for the opportunity to get a multi-year deal from somebody in a year's time. He want or a, a multi-year that he's probably not going to get this year. So wherever he takes a contract, he's going to look to be one of the top two running backs. If something happened with Singletary, I'd be I'd be okay with Kareem Hunt as RB two, mm-hmm. and then kind of showcase him, and then maybe try to flip him at the deadline. Like I would be interested in something like that. But with Pierce on the team, with Singletary on the team, I'm not signing either one of those guys for to be my third string running back. And I'm with you. I wouldn't have been on the Ezekiel Elliott market, and I wouldn't have been in the Dalvin Cook market at all. Yeah, no. I don't. I think of all those guys, though, I think the guy that still has the most left in the tank is Cook. I, I think, do too. I, I think Dalvin Cook would have been a perfect fit in with the Saints, and because Kamara catches so many balls out of the backfield when he comes back, 
and the fact that he wouldn't have to rush right back and try and rush right into the middle of things because that would be a great one-two punch like they had previously when they had Mark Ingram in his heyday. I, I, I think there are other teams that need a kind of a more of a bell cow type back, which Cook still is and can be, whereas Zeke can't. But I don't, I mean, Fournette's out for me. The only guy other than that, I think you're right. I think Kareem Hunt, and again, because he platooned with Nick Chubb and it was very successful, I think that's an ideal situation for him. But I think he's looking for more money than that. He's going to have to carry the ball more, and he's not going to get the carries here. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what Dalvin Cook looks like with the Jets. I think that has a chance to be a really dynamic running back uh, tandem with uh, Cook and Brees Hall. 713-780-ESPN. Will a bit. Uh, we'll see what the Will and Joe have in store for us. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for overrated, underrated, proper rated. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. <laughs> Got it? No. no. Overrated. It's time for overrated, underrated, properly rated. Oh, I like this one. This is one of my favorite Wheel of Bits. It's good All right, Joe, then you're allowed to proceed. All right, so I'm I'm ready for college football. So I got three for you guys today. Notre Dame's overrated. I didn't have them on my list, but sure, let's start there. Notre Dame, <laughs> overrated, underrated, properly rated. I heard told not, you. Not overrated. Just, not this team, but like, like the program. Overrated. Like, overrated. Really? When was the last time yeah. they won a national title? Long time ago. Do they act like a blue blood in college football? Yes, they do. They are. Overrated. How's their coach going to be? Great question. I, I'm very interested about Freeman. I don't know. I'm really upset that Tommy Reese left. I think he would went be to Bama, good. Right? Yeah, that's interesting. I think he would be good in a slightly lesser tiered posi- uh, co- head coaching job, but I think with all the pressure that comes with that gig and the shoes he's trying to fill, I, I think he's in a tough spot. I do too. I think it's that's a t- that's tough for your first yep. ever head coaching role. It is. It's just interesting. That, like he's got some big time recruits, so he's you know he's made his way into that system and and gotten people to choose Notre Dame over other programs. The big one he got obviously is. He got like a five-star quarterback next year. It's Lloyd Carr's grandson. No way. From Michigan? Yes. That makes me feel old. Like Lloyd Carr's grandson chose Notre Dame over Michigan. Yikes. That is... What does that say about Harbaugh? It's a great question. Woo. Maybe Lloyd Carr is not too pleased with the way that it all went down there. It, and there has to well, be some story behind there? it. Because of the fact that it was rejected when they tried to work out the suspension oh, for Harbaugh? We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah he's I mean, supposed to be suspended that, for four games. Yeah, he might get more than that, or that might be that might be a messier situation. For a cheeseburger. Well, he is kind of a cheeseburger. Yeah, I don't think it's that messy of a situation. I, I, I think it's going to be a slap on the wrist. We'll see. I don't know. If, if they're not going to do – if they didn't just take the four games, yep. then aren't they going to want more? I, apparently, that was an agreement between Harbaugh and the NCAA, and then like there was a different board that did not approve it. That's the way I understand it. Yeah, but if you why if if they're just going to stick with four games or less, wouldn't they have they just been cool with it? I don't think and that not they waste your time. I don't think that they want to set the precedent of there being agreements. I think they want to have the ruling uh, body. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. I think it's more of a precedent in legalities than anything else. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't help. Uh, I saw another name the other day that it made me feel really old: Reggie McNeil Jr. Reggie McNeil Jr. is like an up-and-coming high school quarterback prospect that's going to be in college in like two to three years. I, it popped up on my timeline. I was like, Reggie McNeil Jr. makes me feel like I'm 80. What? Reggie McNeil, his dad was a... Reggie McNeil Texas. was the quarterback at A&M that went to Lufkin. He beat number one Oklahoma at Kyle Field on when, game day. But when was that? Yeah. It, was a long, it was probably... I mean, he was the same age as Vince Young. Vince Young and Reggie McNeil were in the same recruiting okay. class. So that was probably... They were probably... 
class of 04. They probably played college football mid 2000s yeah. to like oh, probably like, like 05 to 06 07. It's weird seeing like now there's all these like juniors in the NFL or guys that are on their way. You have Joey Porter Jr., Antoine Winfield Jr. You'll have obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Like Marvin Harrison just got to the Hall of Fame and his son's going to be in the NFL next year. Yeah, like it's, just, it's just so weird. But at least they're mm-hmm. successful players too. How many times did we see you know the 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 star players or the players and their kids try and be following their dad's footsteps and then fail miserably? I e M J and lots of others. Yeah, I would Makes be still old. Yeah, I'll be curious. Like how I feel like the NFL guys are just constantly having more success. But it reminds me of the Jabari Smith thing. Remember his first game versus LeBron this year? And he yeah, and he pulled him aside. Dad. Oh, he was yeah. like, you're, you're, you debuted against my dad? Yeah. Which, we're old. That was funny, too. But LeBron's been in the league for so long. Well, that That's part of it. I mean, well. was Jabari, a, like, he was probably like two or three? One of my well, most depressing LeBron got in the LeBron league? stats was that he was the number one draft pick the year after Yao Ming was the number one draft pick. It's in, That's insane. It's impressive. From like a LeBron point of view, and it's depressing from a Rockets point. But of view. the Rockets didn't deserve to get the one that year. But it just shows you like how long Yao's been out of the league. Yeah. LeBron was drafted still, the yeah. next year and He's is still, still one of the best in the league. Yeah. And it's Joe, one of your wild favorite Bulls of all time, his sons are two of the top prospects in the country in basketball. Carlos Boozer. Oh Bo- yeah, Boozer's got twin sons that oh, are yeah, yeah, well, way up. And then it's uh, see Rodman's kid. Is soccer player. She's a Team USA. Yep. But there's also, I feel like there's a former Chicago Bull with Brawny at USC. Well, Scotty Pippen kids. Jr. was in he's on college the basketball. He's on the Lakers two years G-League ago. Team. Yeah, he's a, yeah, that's right. I, I feel like there's, wasn't there a Ron Harper Jr. that played uh, for played Rutgers? At, uh, Rutgers? Yep, a little thicker. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he might be, NBA scouts liked him. He, I, I like saw a role him. Player. Actually, now that I think about it, I saw him. I saw him. We saw him at the tournament. I didn't think he was an NBA guy. Okay. Like, not athletic enough. But definitely played at Rutgers. Yeah, and a yep. pro. A pro, yep. but not an NBA guy. Yep. Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, let's go. Oh, yeah, no, DJ Rodman does play at USC. He's going to play there with, with Bronny. That's that's Dennis's son? I think so. How many? It sounds like it's Dennis Jr. I right? didn't know that he had a son. I knew the daughter was the women's soccer player. I bet you he has, like, 20 sons. That's probably true. At least. Um a team that I'm going to put automatically in the, for the record, I put Notre Dame in the overrated category. Um, I'll, I'll put this team in the Where overrated category. Where you have Northwestern, cate- your favorite team, properly rated, <laughs> dog turd. Um, bad, bad hand they were dealt. Penn State though. as a program, because mm. I always feel like they get way overhyped. They never stand up to it. Like James Franklin, I think Franklin overachieved some years. I think probably so fair. too. Yeah, and that's probably why he doesn't leave. And the. the Remember, he was kind of in the mix at uh, LSU. Yeah. And then yep. Penn State gave him a big deal. Well, the Michigan State coach was in the same thing, and they gave him an extension, and it's like, eh, I don't know if that was good money. Yeah, they're failing Michigan. Yeah, I don't know now. if that was great money. He had one good year. But from Franklin, I think he's, a, from the time he left Vandy, I thought he was a good coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he's overachieved. I think even the McSorley years, when everybody was looking at McSorley, but I think, I think he's overachieved some years too. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. I think the program is still trying to live off of their their blue blood years, and they're not there, especially in a Big Ten where they're not on the the level of the top two teams in the Big Ten. But I think that they're, I think they're properly rated. I think that he's a good coach too. 
But I think that kind of like Notre Dame, Penn State models itself and thinks of themselves they as a, like a, the Michigan, Ohio State tier. And quite frankly, they're not. No, like Nebraska they are. tried to hang on to that for far too yeah. long, and they weren't. And I think Penn State's in that same category. Penn State's not in the top tier. So I'm going to, and I'm, I'm around a couple of Big Ten honks, Blankers with Wisconsin and Joe with Northwestern. So it's kind of just going to be very bold to say this. I think the entire Big Ten, except for Ohio State's overrated. I don't disagree with that. So now we'll have a different conversation in about a year and a half. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what Fickle does. I, I think that he's a chance to make them really, really good. But I think Ohio State's the only for real team in the Big Ten. But it's hard to say that about Michigan. They've see, been, but they always, they always I, I never suck believe in, the in them, and I hate them. But I, I think that, and I don't, and I really dislike Harbaugh. But I think that the fact that they've at least gotten to some of the play, the 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 playoffs, means they they've had decent success. But Harbaugh has been owned by Ohio State, and then they get killed in the they playoffs. They get crushed every so time they get to the. Playoffs. I think Michigan's good, but I don't even think Michigan's on the same tier as Ohio State, and I don't think Michigan's anywhere near the same tier as, tier as Alabama as Georgia, whenever Clemson's rolling. so see, like, Clemson and Oklahoma are, are fading now. They're falling. I don't see. Cle- this is a big year for Clemson. Yeah, Clemson this has is a chance a big to resurrect it, but I don't believe Oklahoma will. And the they're Oklahoma's recruiting a- well. But I just I don't I don't believe that they're going to do what they used to do, and they're they're going to take a step up in competition. Harbaugh's one in five against Ohio State, yep. and it is terrible in the playoffs. How, how are they on the same tier as Ohio State? They're not. I no, think they're not, overrated but I too. I think it's a two team conference. I, I I think that because of his, I think it's a one team. I think conference. because of his regular season success and the fact that at least he gets to the playoff, I, I think that you have to give him at least some credit for that. He won last year, two and five against Ohio State. Yeah, but it's I love Ohio State fans. They're now wanting Ryan Day to get fired. <laughs> Because Michigan beat them two times in a row. Yeah, I think Venable could be out of work after this year at Oklahoma. <sighs> I mean, I would if you're if it goes bad this year. Yeah, I want to make the changes. You head into the SEC. Doesn't matter if you recruit well or not. If you get winning games at Oklahoma, I think you're you're out. You All win. right, let's see if our boss is listening. What's up, Todd? Texas A and M overrated, underrated, properly rated. Gig them. Uh, where are they? Right, they're like twenty. They're like nineteen. Uh, they're like I 20, think they're, the they're twenty three. Twenty three. That's properly rated. What about until like as an improve, entire program? until they can prove they can get a quarterback that can play, and Jimbo figures out the offense, whether he calls plays or not, or hires Bobby Petrino, and then they fight about it. Uh, I, I think they've been grossly overrated in the past, but sitting them right now in, in the low twenty or in the early twenties, I think that's properly rated for them right now. Yeah, people were calling A and M like dark horse national champions after they won the COVID Orange Bowl, and since then they've won eight and four, five and seven. I, I think that they're overrated. I mean, I, Desmond Howard, they, they still get a ton of recruits. They just they can't do. get a quarterback. But it's the same thing what you just said with Venables. Yeah, like I mean, True. you you recruit great. Jimbo can recruit. But Venable didn't get a hundred million dollars or whatever that ridiculous, and then an extension. Yeah, I think it's almost. It's, I think they're overrated. I, I don't know if it's the programs overrated or if it's more Jimbo. I think it's Jimbo. I think I think I think that you, Texas A and M is a sleeping giant. I think they could be Alabama. I think they could be Georgia with the right direction. Yes. Absolutely yeah. believe they could. And the only reason that they they haven't moved on is because of that nasty contract and, and the stupid extension. Well, they also re upped them. Yeah, right. The extension it. was even more ridiculous when you already had what ten years and a hundred million. I, to to defend Aggie a bit on that, I, I've had, I know a bunch of Aggies. You're friends with a bunch of Aggies. They print money. So, like, giving somebody a huge extension is almost insignificant to Aggie money because they can buy it out at any time. But it's the still, buyout of 90 mil. But they can do that. They can do that. So, it's like, yeah, you give the guy an extension. Yeah, it's not a smart extension. But they're printing money, and they can just get out of the deal no matter what. With their, how, how rich their alumni base is and their boosters are. So, like, it's big. It's big money. But Aggie donors could get out of that whenever they want. That's wanted. just crazy to me. Whenever they I, wanted. I just think that you don't want to do it for the principle of saying, I 
we had to buy out a guy for $89 million. It shows you're serious, though, right? It shows well, you want to win. They should be. Shows you want to win. Because they still recruit every at every other position, and they get players. And like you guys said, they could compete with every other team if they had a more modernized coaching staff and offense and and the ability to find a quarterback. I, I'm really interested. I do like, uh, I don't know, is it Weigman, Wigman, whatever, the, the local kid from Bridgeland? I, I do like him. And he showed a lot of flashes last year as a true freshman. I'm interested to see what he does with Bobby Petrino. I, I think that they have a chance to really hit it off and be very, very good. Well, do you think Petrino will call play? Yeah, I do. I think they announced it the other day. I, I think whatever they say publicly, there's going to be a time like yeah. Bill O'Brien where Jimbo tries to nose his way back in. I just don't see how you hire Bobby Petrino and steal him. A, but he stole him from UNLV. Like, I don't see how Bobby Petrino signs at UNLV to be their offense coordinator and play caller. Two weeks later, he's the A&M offense coordinator, and he's not calling plays. I, well, I think it's a got, lock of a century he's calling plays. But like you said, he got a boatload more money to go to A&M. And, and the fact is, is that it's a more prestigious program if the offense does work. But I just think that Jimbo only did it because he had to do it because he was told to do it. And, and I don't think Jimbo likes it. And I think that's why I think it's going to be like Bill O'Brien, that he'll get, he'll let someone play the, uh, do the play calling early. And then he's going to nose his way back in. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's in play. Uh, Uncle Barney has texted in. He says you're brave. Your family's full of Aggies. They can gig them. I think they're overrated. Seven one three. I, I do think it's a sleeping giant. I do think it's a sleeping giant. You're a different thumbs up. Go Cougs. They don't even use the thumb for that. No, I know, but you do. Whenever you say go Cougs, you always go thumbs up. Oh, no, I go Cougar Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. You're. Twitter is at Jeremy Brown. 713-780-3776. Astros lineup is out. We talked about it earlier, but what do we need to see from the Astros tonight in the rubber game, the series finale against the Marlins in Miami? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Just kicked around some college football. It's right around the corner. We also know that the NFL is back already in preseason. It's time, people. Football is here. And with football time in Houston and everywhere else, it's time for you to get on my bookie so you can make those games a lot more interesting and entertaining when you know that there's a game in the morning, at noon, at night. Every time you're turning on the TV, there's a game. Even if it's teams you don't care about, you can make it more interesting if you have an account at mybookie.ag. So many fun football games to bet on and so many ways to win. You can go against the spread, the money line, totals, I mean, prop bets. Everything is on the line when you're at my bookie because there's tons of things to bet on. And right now, there's futures odds on teams to win the big game in the NFL. One team we know is 18,000 to 1 to win it all. Guess who? Go check it out. Let's talk bonuses. MyBookie.ag has all kinds of bonuses. Several ways you can leverage your deposit and get more cash in your account. A welcome bonus for new players. A reload bonus for existing customers. And a referral bonus if you get and call a friend and they sign up. Hop on MyBookie.ag today. Start having fun. Bet on all the sports. It's not just about football. We all know that the your favorite team is getting ready for the playoffs, and that means Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball on a nightly basis is there and available to be bet on, as well as soccer, golf, and so much more. They also have live casino betting, real dealers, and a chance for you to get your gambling fixed without having to drive to Louisiana or get to Vegas. Bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's MyBookie.ag. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Ace of spades. It means it's a JV day in Miami. JV. Good to have that song back, huh? What's that? Good to have that song back. It's a good song. I like Motorhead. It's a good picture. R.I.P. What's that? It's a good pitcher. Yeah, good to have him back. Seven and six, three nineteen ERA goes toe to toe with the Miami Southpaw Jesus Luzardo, who is eight and seven with a three ninety one ERA. He's all right. Pretty good pitcher. 
Uh, Altuve is in the lineup, which is surprising but good. Su- pleasant surprise. Yeah. Pleasant surprise. I didn't think it was a serious injury with the way that uh, Altuve was talking about it. D. Brown talked about it. Um, Altuve staying in the game. I, I know he left, but staying in the game for a moment. I didn't. Th- I thought it was a bruise, and they said it was a knee contusion. Which did you notice yesterday when they announced that on the broadcast? They they made sure not to use the word discomfort. Yeah, I think they're sure wising up. Maybe they're wising up to that. Asked, not. I wonder if they had a problem when they were showing him going down the tunnel. Um, because you know they, they had a great camera angle. I missed that. Yeah, they had a great camera. Him and the trainers walking kind of gingerly into the dugout down, and then down the tunnel. Yeah, I missed it. I saw like the dugout, like where the camera well's at, but I didn't see the end of the. Yeah, they had it. Why would they be upset by that? Like, if they a lot of times when it's the when it's your broadcast and your team, they don't like any like extra on injury stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now nowadays with COVID, they're usually taking the other team's cameras. Right, they're trying to say. Well, a lot of money saving goes on in TV yeah. these days, right? So I don't know, like you know maybe there wasn't an option. Although, it just depends on like with baseball taking over with a lot of these networks. So, having financial issues, you would think that they were trying to save money and not give each individual team their own cameras. COVID messed it up too. Like COVID, sure, COVID limited the, the travel and you know how many people you have on your in your truck and all all that good stuff that no one really cares about. And the Orioles messes it messes it up. Kevin so. Brown's a national treasure. Yep. Tweeted about it yesterday. He was uh he did the song. He did like a Blink One Eighty Two song trying to explain who he was talking about to Ben McDonald the other day. It was hilarious. I love Kevin Brown. Six seven six one. We have a what's that? You see Cueto by the way. As much as we talked about him before, for some reason he just he he he's effective against the Astros. He kind of keeps you off balance. He does with all the quirky leg kicks and the delays, and he he's one of those guys that plays to the pitch clock depending on how much time he's got. He will screw around with a, a, a hesitation and a couple of leg kicks, and it definitely can get a hitter off balance on his front foot. Grade this comp for me. Grade this comp for where Johnny Cueto's at now in his career. Johnny Cueto is the Latin Zach Grinke. Grade Ooh. the comp. Uh, I think Cueto's better right now. I think his stuff is still better. Yeah, I think, I'm with that, you on I that. think yeah, with the fastball and just his overall stuff, I think Grinke's just like a swan song collecting a check for a team that's going nowhere that – Wanted to honor one of their guys, but I think Cueto could still pitch a little bit. I think he, I think he's okay. I think Cueto is, is better than Grinky, but they're still kind of quirky. They're trying to keep you off balance, like Cueto doing the different windups and trying to speed pitch you, go slow. Yeah. Like he's trying to keep you off balance. You, you called it yesterday, though. Bartolo Bartolo Colon used to do all that crap too. Yeah, but he, he was effective. For, he pitched in his forties. Yeah, he was very good. And four hundred. I mean, no, no. So. We have a. Uh, we have a long, a couple of Longhorns listening in. A and M, Sleeping Giants since nineteen thirty nine. L M A O used to be a band like that. Uh, six seven There's one three somewhere. Yeah, there was A and M finished dead last in the SEC last season. Overrated, and then an A letter and an F letter. Mm. Was it dead last in the SEC or was it dead last in the SEC West? I think it was in the West, but I'm not sure. Like they did, they did they finish worse than Vanderbilt That's last just year? Like, how do you not fire? No Jimbo? one can do that, can they? I don't think they finished worse than Vanderbilt last year. Let me look real they quick. They definitely. A&M, well, they were tied for last. A and M and Auburn were tied for last in the West, two and six. Vandy went two and six. So yeah. those were the three worst teams in the SEC. <laughs> two and six. They had the tiebreaker. Yeah, they didn't have against Auburn. No. I don't know if they played they sure Andy did. last year. Uh, Astros lineup is out, in case you missed it earlier. Altuve's back in the lineup after a shin contusion. Bregman, Tucker, middle three, Jordan, Chaz, Singleton, Pena, Dubon, uh, Dubon, Mauricio Dubon, JV's personal center fielder, and then Maldonado, JV's personal catcher. No Yiner Diaz. Yiner is going up against the lefty today. Doesn't hit lefties as well. 
Uh, Pacho says all we want from Verlander is seven good innings and three runs or less. You take that tonight from JV. Seven innings, three runs or less. Should. Should should be enough to win. I'd take that. I, I, I just want this offense to continue to keep getting better and, and, and to be more productive. I, I like the lineup tonight, so I think that should be good enough to win. Yeah, this is a uh, lineup should be good enough to beat. The, the Marlins and you have JV on the mound either they're no. they're fighting for a wild card aren't they in the I, I hadn't looked at the NL standings in a while, in but I think that there would currently be in the playoffs of the season into today I think that right? might did be I right. hear that right from TK and Blummer yesterday on the broadcast they're right if they're not they're right on the yeah cusp. they're the last wild card okay, team. they're a go. game up on uh, Joe George's Cubs and a game up on the uh, the Cincinnati Reds let's give away some tickets right now Fifty Cent will be back in Houston next week for the final lap tour catch all of your favorite songs by the talented rap star at the Toyota Center on. Thursday, August 24th, the week from tomorrow. Caller number 10 right now to 713-780-3776. Wins a pair of tickets to see the show. You can also get your tickets now at toyotacenter.com. I'm a little sad that 50's hanging it up. Did you see what the Big 12 announced today? That Nelly's going to perform at halftime at the Big 12 championship game? Your Mark's trying to to make the league cool. Is Nelly still cool? It's cooler than like whatever the SEC. Like I think the SEC halftime show is the Dixie Chicks. Have we seen the end of the Doctor Pepper College Scholarship? Probably not. No, ass that, throwing. No, those cash. Or, or those field those, goal those kicking. No, no, those checks cash. Okay, those All checks right. cash. I'm yeah. sure we're still going to see a Ooh. whole lot of that. I think they might be able to upgrade the the, the uh, competition there. In the some competition's way, shape, or form. always so bad. It's like where awful. do they find these people? Yeah, it's terrible. But it's evidently because the sponsor's not going anywhere. Yeah, Chris from Sam Houston says Nelly's not cool. He was like an 03. He was, but was like, yeah, that's like very the Super cool. Bowl halftimes. They he were always cool. people that used to be cool. He was. He had like eight weeks in a row, number one on TLR, TRL, whatever it's called. What was your TRL. favorite Nelly song? Tottenham. Not eight, not, not eight Air Force Ones? That was pretty good, too. Second. Very close second. It's a two-song battle. All right, that does it for us. There might be a few more. That does it for us. Uh, thanks to Joe George, assistant to the regional manager, doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Brown. Thanks again, J-Bar M, for those half-pound smoked brisket burgers. Those were fantastic. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston.